Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Teams. Now there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. Bring everyone together in one space with a new virtual room. Collaborate live, drawing, sharing, and building ideas with everyone on the same page. And make sure more of your team is seen and heard with up to 49 people on screen at once. Learn more about all the newest Teams features at Microsoft.com Teams. Support for this podcast comes from State Farm. With surprisingly great rates, State Farm is the real deal when it comes to home and car insurance. State Farm agents are in your neighborhood, ready to help personalize your insurance. And you can manage your coverage, pay your bill, or even file a claim right from your phone with the State Farm mobile app. Visit statefarm.com today to get a great rate without sacrificing great service. That's statefarm.com. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome to our live feed update for August 28th. I'm your host, Aaron Armstrong, and joining me this morning is Puya. How you doing, Puya? I'm doing well, Taryn. You know, Green Day said, wake me up when September ends. I might be like, wake me up when September begins, because August has been a little mean to me. But, <laughs> but there's still a lot to be said. The week is fresh. There's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of conversations. I'm just excited to break it all down. Yes, we are here to update you on everything that happened yesterday on the Big Brother 22 live feeds. It was day 23 in the house um, and we had some some interesting happenings. Um, we had uh, an eviction. Um, I believe it was uh, Janelle's 200th day in the Big Brother house. She got she got evicted on her 200th day currently in the lead for uh most days spent in the big brother house uh although uh that's a stat that you will want to track for uh only a couple more weeks because soon nicole franzel is going to hold the title uh, of all people to take the title over i i like I, i'm a, i'm a, i like my round numbers so the fact that it was exactly 200 it's kind of magical that it happened the way it did but that being said She's going to get usurped real quick by her bitter rival. That might be a, I'd watch out for Twitter in the next couple of weeks. I just put that out there and not for like other people for Janelle specifically. I imagine mm. she'll have something to say. Yes. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about what happened yesterday here before the eviction. In a couple of rumblings. Um, so yesterday I told you that Christmas was roasting David about not having watched any seasons. What is he doing here? Uh, so to, so the day that we're talking about yesterday, day 23, uh, Christmas is now concerned that David might have overheard some of that roasting. And she is actually going to change her plans. She had initially planned on putting up uh bailey and davon if she won but uh instead she is now going to put up david to send david home because she's worried that david's going to come after her after hearing the roasting it's a classic case of if someone knows information that i need them not to know and there is no way of me guaranteeing that that's not gonna affect me just get rid of them that's the proper move to do that's the right thing to have happen and given everything we do know, I wouldn't have been mad at this situation. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I don't want to like jump the lead with Christmas, but I have some feelings about Christmas and they're very positive ones. So we'll just get to them later. Mm. Uh, what's, uh, do, do you think that she's a very good mom to star babies? Is that well, I think she's a very good mom to star babies. Definitely. The, all 13 of them. All the names. Okay with all of them. Um, but Taryn, I, I was very sour on Christmas returning. You know, we're nearing it a month now. I, I feel like there's a meal of crow ready for me to eat because I'm very impressed with Christmas. And I don't know if like I was just snowed by what I saw in 19 or how I 
perceived her to be a 19. I don't think I saw any of this, but I've been genuinely pleased with it, Taryn. I like the implication that now you are sweet on Christmas. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm not a, you know, famously outside of Christmas, the person, not really a Christmas, the music (laughs) guy either. So maybe I'll change my tune on that this winter, too. All right. Well, we also had Cody and Danny talking. Uh, He filled her in on the Connect Four meeting the night before, where Bailey in particular was really making a a push to try to uh, to save Janelle. Um, And uh, Danny is like, I I want I want Bailey out. Danny is now I want Bailey out ahead of ahead of Devon Um, that this this is happening a lot. Nicole wants Bailey out ahead of Devon. She's got Christmas wanting Bailey out ahead of Devon. And now Danny is also on that train. Uh, Ian as well is on that train. A lot of people now starting to come for Bailey. It's not looking great, Puya. It's a little scary. And obviously this has to do with the fact. So initially the whole reason it was a Devon situation is Davon has a tendency of taking information and not giving much away, which sketches people out because they, they feel like, why am I not being told anything? Why are you not sharing with me? It's a give and take. Why is that not happening? But then Bailey has come through and really shined in a way, but in a negative way that matter like exposed her real like she is clearly someone that is getting along with a lot of sides in the house that has a lot more sway than people might have realized, that is friends with people that they're not friends with. So this is something that to them is dangerous, especially if Bailey's good with a Janelle. Bailey will be good in talking to a caser. Bailey will be good in talking to other people that are on the outs. And maybe she could be the one that rises from the ashes and starts a coalition against them. I think that's the read they have on her. And I think that's why they would be terrified and are looking to target Bailey. Well, let me tell you some more bad news because uh, Devon and Kevin also don't trust bailey they were talking before the eviction about how uh she says look i'm gonna tell you there is an all guys alliance but don't tell bailey like uh i i'm keeping it on the down low from bailey uh which like she did initially tell bailey but even just the day before she had been saying to bailey like ah yeah i guess there's no guys alliance but now she's going to kevin like there is a guys alliance uh don't tell bailey though um and he was like yeah i don't trust bailey and she's like i don't either i, <laughs> I mean taryn you are the you're the historian on the panel can you is this specifically all go back to the whole like the Davon David thing is that really is that the root of this with with Davon or what is the core reason for Davon to be saying so the first distrust that we saw between Day and Bay was that Bailey was really close to Janelle and Davon really did not trust Janelle and Kaser. Right. Do you remember Davon thought Davon is still under the assumption that Janelle and Kaser were totally safe from Cody and that they screwed themselves <laughs> by playing in the safety suite, which to be fair is actually uh, an opinion held by most of the house, uh, including Tyler. Um, so like that bad reads, not just on her. Uh, Cody has lied to a lot of people about that. Um, but she, she really felt like Janelle and Kaser are, you know, on the outs and she felt very good with Cody at first. And she felt like she was in good with the Cody side. Bailey was in good with the Janelle and Kaser side. And she was worried that Bailey was actually closer with Janelle than she was with herself. Um, and that was always a concern of hers. She would say to things, say, say things to Bailey like, hey, if you choose to go with the Janelle side, please just tell me I'm willing to go with you. Just don't do it without me. I don't want to end up on opposite sides. Then Danny told Davon that Janelle and Bailey had a pregame relationship uh, and alliance and deal or something along those lines. And Davon was like, ah, like it's confirmed her suspicions. And she was like, I've said so many things about Janelle to Bailey. And that made her worried. Um, And so that was the start of it all. Then we had a situation where people were poking fun at Davon and, and David for having a crush on each other. And it was supposed to just be amongst the women. But uh, but Cody found out about it and he said that Bailey is the one that told him. And so she feels like Bailey betrayed her trust by telling Cody about this thing that nobody else was supposed to know about. Then we had the David situation 
where he went to Bailey about Dave about not trusting Davon and uh, and Bailey wasn't the first person to go to Davon. David questioned Davon about it first, and then Davon was like, "Hey Bailey, what's up with this?" And she was like, "Oh yeah, he came to me just today." And she was like, "When did he really come to you?" Um, and so there are a lot of those things coming together, I think, to make Davon feel like I just I can't fully trust her. I feel like she's not all the way with me, which unfortunately is a very wrong read. Uh, we've heard from Swaggy outside and Bailey herself inside the game that like she cares about Devon's game almost maybe more than her own yeah it's it's very disheartening to see whatever remnants of the outside alliance already fracturing without any of them being put on the block without any of them being under the you know the hot seat at the moment definitely this is a misread i think that you know the combination of things that went on in the last couple of weeks and then add in to the fact that i think that kevin has become her confidant. Like, Davon is almost the only person she feels like, this is my vault. No one else has access to this vault but me. So I'm going to deposit all my thoughts in here. So, and we've seen, we've seen in the other week, last week with Nicole, Kevin is someone who people feel comfortable, specifically feel comfortable to go in and just like empty their whole thoughts and feelings about people. So this is very heavy to see. Um, I hope she comes out of it. I think it's possible. We'll just have to see how this week goes for her for um bailey but um ultimately it's it's sad to see the sad sight yeah um so that's what's going on before the eviction we're gonna get to the eviction and of course we're gonna see that janelle is voted out nine to two um with two rogue votes being cast by danny and enzo now if you recall from yesterday's update danny had approached cody with the idea hey Let's both cast rogue votes and blame it on Devon and Bailey. Um, Cody said, absolutely not. I'm not <laughs> doing that. That's dumb. I'm not going to do that. Uh, and Danny went, OK, fine. As you can see, Danny went ahead with this plan anyway. And Enzo also voted that way. Now, I do not know yet if this was coordinated by Danny and Enzo, but Based on what we saw last night, it appears that it might have been an accident that Enzo was just doing the same thing he did last week, which is casting a random rogue vote. And Danny just went ahead with her plan as a single rogue vote. And then it happened to line up that they both did it. Um, I believe that's where we're at with that. But uh, but the but that's that is the explanation for why the votes went that way. Yeah, Danny had her own agenda set and Enzo, I think Enzo just, you know, thinks that adding this could add a wrinkle into the game that could help him, given all the other people that are like moving sideways, moving fast. Whereas I feel like Enzo's whole demeanor in the game, his perception to the other house guests is he's chill, he's social, he's not going to do some dumb stuff like that. So he'd be the last person they suspect. There's so many other people they'll suspect before him and that'll just benefit him because again, Enzo's in a very decent spot, centrally located, where no one's even looking to go after him anyways. Yes. So Janelle is evicted. Uh, Julie tells her some things. Uh, and then we get to the HOH competition. And what we saw in the HOH competition in the episode is that Kaser made the first got first place in the first group. Um, apparently after that happened, Ian was like, Kaser, how did you do it so fast? And Kaser said, uh, I used math, um, which is a very Kaser thing to say. And Ian was like, that's dumb. Uh, but then Ian watched him do it the second time and he, it made sense. So what Kaser was doing was that he took all three balls and rolled them at the same time, uh, trying to keep them going at the same pace so that when they got to the middle, they would have to be going to separate places in the middle portion, thus increasing the chances that some of them would land in the holes. And it worked. Two of them landed in his first throw, apparently, or close to it. Um, 
And then he was able to quickly get the third one. And that's why he was able to do it so fast in the second round. In the final round, he did the same thing, but only one of them landed. And then he had trouble getting the the next two, which is why he ultimately is going to lose the HOH competition. But uh, I just like uh, such a caser thing to like I used math Ian, to win this competition. Such an easy solution. Math. Math solves everything. I um I would like to say to the audience, um, there is a gif, there is a video flying around Twitter of Taryn's reaction <laughs> when he found out that in fact his dreams are gonna be shattered and that what we saw on the show is not going to be what we're gonna see IRL. Um, you definitely need to check that out. Taryn was very sad, as were the rest of us, but Yes. what it is case are gonna case it. someone posted it on reddit and one of the comments was like you can literally see the five stages of grief go through him in, the, in these 15 seconds yeah i've never paid attention to your square on the video closely as i did at that moment <laughs> it definitely was worth it um so uh, so in the second round uh not the final round but the second round apparently it was uh you know enzo went through um and it came down to the third person to get through was going to be either cody or memphis uh, i believe and um and it was incredibly close between the two of them uh they had to actually review the footage go frame by frame to determine that cody in fact did get there just ahead of memphis and so then in the final round um I believe I think I guess Christmas was in the final round and she was uh, she was she did really well initially. She got two really quickly um, and Enzo was very far behind. And then uh, Enzo managed to just kind of like one, two, three. And just like that, Enzo is our new HOH. Enzo, the, the person who won no comps, not barely any comps in the brigade. Has now won, what, the most comps? He's won one of each, as he liked to put it last night. He has an HOH under his belt, a veto, and a safety suite. Yeah. Uh, Enzo the comp beast. Oh, yeah. Now he's the beast. Now he's the animal. He's mm-hmm. no longer the, just the meow meow. He's all of them. Yes. Um, so uh, and I, I might have, I, you know, it's hard to know what was in what round, but um, but what we do know is that Enzo ultimately won. Yeah. Um, Enzo is the new HOH and he is going to have a conversation with Cody pretty quickly uh, upstairs. And he says right away, pretty much what we said on the podcast last night, that he plans on putting up Kaser with a pawn and then. Backdoor Ian, Kaser comes down. Uh, so that's that's the plan. That right right away, that's the plan. Uh, nothing major is going to change from that. Yeah, that's the pretty much what everyone's worst nightmare was is what is looking to be coming to fruition. Because obviously, when we talked all the scenarios, the reason this week was going to be exciting and the reason why Kaser staying over Janelle was going to be exciting is because there were less people that were going to go for this outcome. The few that were where Cody and obviously his right-hand man and Enzo probably has the same agenda. Now, do I think it's bad that Enzo won? Because I, like I said, I thought Enzo was in, a, was in a very central position and in a good spot. I think this is another one of those where Enzo's lucky enough to win this, having a clear target in the house. And because of how well Kaser did do in that first round, he can be like, hey, listen, I'm the Enrique Iglesias of the Alliance. Like, he could have won this, but I had to pull it out. I'm the hero. I got your backs. The Meow Meow has some chops, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to help us go further. So, again, it's kind of similar to the Tyler win where there was an obvious target. And, again, this makes it be Kaser. Am I upset about it? Of course. But also, again, there's still a lot more that can be done. Maybe the next day that could change that. Maybe, depending on the veto, that could change that. So it's not 100% done, So, but it is a predictable two options that he has on the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's uh it's an interesting scenario. Um, it's definitely very good for Bailey and Devon who were on the brink of extinction here. Uh, and uh and and Enzo winning not only keeps them safe, he will not 
nominate them probably um but uh but if he does backdoor in that's actually a huge boon for them uh that that would be very very good um because it it lessens nicole's power it takes out one of the people coming for them and uh and it's it's just overall would be probably best case scenario for them um when a lot of things are looking bad so uh so that's that that's that's a positive if you're looking for a positive um but uh and so Enzo talks about um he also talks about how you know getting Kevin out would would actually be a good move as well like if they don't backdoor Ian or if they don't take out Kevin or sorry Kaser then then Kevin is maybe a good option as well because Kevin's a number for day that would not be an ideal scenario for day and bay but honestly Kevin does nothing for bay so uh you know <laughs> doesn't really matter um but enzo is very frustrated with the girls as he calls them overall uh he's like hey, hey come on yo that uh these girls need to pick pick up the weight now uh it's not winning anything this uh they're being just being sketchy what's going on they're not listen to to win enzo's heart what have we learned in seeing him play before he wants his alliance. He wants his alliance to have the parachutes to be, bring into the alliance. But he also wants them to win for him and pave the way forward for him to keep moving. And to him, there's some people that haven't done the work, right? So there's some people that haven't put in the minutes to be allowed to be given the praise. So I think that obviously he's the one that had been talking about maybe like backdooring Danny. Now that he's won, we, we knew he's not going to be the one to want to do it. He'd want someone else to do it. So he says to Cody yesterday, he's like, yeah, it's too soon to do something like that. But we definitely have to keep our eyes on him. We definitely have to do something in the future, but not right now. There's not this. Week. Yeah, it's too too soon to do it now, yo. But like, she's got to go. She's got to go. Um, so and, that, and the reason they're talking about Danny in particular uh, is that Cody tells uh, Enzo, he says, look, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Don't don't say anything. This is a David situation. If you say anything, you're going to screw my game. Danny approached me just uh, you know, yesterday and she said, hey, you want to do something crazy? What if we threw two rogue votes onto Kaser uh, to blame, to set up Davon and Bailey? And I said, no, absolutely not. And now today, there's two rogue votes for Kaser, and I went up to her and I was like oh hey so you got someone to vote with you anyway and she denied it she said she didn't do it like what are you doing what like she's out of her mind I did like the so with Danny I feel like she when she gets caught or when she's guilty she does this over exaggerator so oh my god are you like that's ridiculous i would never do that but i did like some of the words that came out of her mouth maybe not the way she said them i did like the idea of just being like wow so if we had done it it would have been four people like just to pretend <laughs> that i wouldn't have been part of the two you're not part of the two it would have been two other people that have done it i like that but again i feel like danny doesn't sell her lies too too good yeah well i mean i just feel like there's no <laughs> There's no getting out of this lie. No. It's so obvious. Like, you can't propose that you do this and then be very obviously disappointed and annoyed with Cody when he won't do it. And then when it happens, be like, oh, yeah, I didn't do it. I don't know. What are you talking about? Like, that just tells Cody that you approached him with a plan. He turned you down. You were annoyed. You went somewhere else. And now you probably trust this other person more than him. Well, you 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 talked about it yesterday about how she pitched it of like, would you would you want to do like, would you be down to do something risky? Are you that type of person? Like, is that something that is in your arsenal? Like, that is too suggestive, and that's too clear that you want me to do this thing. You really want me to do this thing, and that's why you're saying it the way you are. So I do think that there's no way of hiding that necessarily. But I did like the her belief in herself of like. So if we had done it, it would have been four of us. Like, come on, come on. Who else would have done? You think other people are thinking to do risky stuff like this? No, no, definitely not. Yeah, it's it's like uh, it's like if somebody wants to hang out with me and they're like, hey, want to want to get effed up? 
And I'm like, nah, not really my thing. And then they're like, oh, oh, okay. And then they're like, actually, I've got other plans. And then you see them posting pictures and they're getting effed up with somebody else. Somebody else. And it's like, okay, now they're, now they're closer with that other person, right? Like, I've been rejected. I'm not cool enough for them. So now they're going to somebody else. That's the situation. Yeah, you were not, you were not the primary reason for asking to get effed up. The effed up part was the reason you were getting asked. They just needed an effed up accomplice. Yeah. It didn't matter who it was. And now she's found someone else to be that accomplice, according to the slide. But in, the thing is that she, I don't think, like I said, I don't think she actually found another person to do it with her. I don't think Enzo did this coordinated with her. I think that he just happened to vote this way. So, uh, so Cody is now going to be worried that like she did this with Nicole or somebody. Um, and, uh, and it's not even true that she found somebody else. No, no. And, and it'll be interesting to see because as it is some weeks, not all the weeks, but some weeks, this is a hang up for the HOH, for the people in the house, the mystery of who done it, who voted this way. And I do think that this week there's going to be some investigation. There's going to be some conversation not everyone agrees with this mentality, but there are definitely some people that are going to try and get to the root of this issue. Yes. So uh, Enzo, Enzo, like I said, he talks about like, uh, it's just, this week is too early, yo, but uh, she's got to go soon, bro. She's got to go soon. That's it. That's it. Um, and so uh, so that's that's the, that's their talk. I didn't love that Cody was up there talking to Enzo so fast and for so long. Um, like. He was the first person to talk to Enzo. Enzo was up in the loft area by himself. Um, and then Cody was just like hanging out up there for like, uh, it felt like a good 20 to 30 minutes um, when like Enzo's planning on talking to everybody in one on ones. Um, and it's such an easy week this week. Like it's, you know, it's it, Enzo is his closest ally. He doesn't need to like get in there early and really overly strategize the entire week. Just like quick Quick shot with Enzo. What's the plan? Caser in a pond. Perfect. I'm going to go chill with everyone else so it doesn't seem like we're scheming. Um, that would be my idea. And I, I know that people already see Enzo and Cody as close. But uh, but like the thing that really solidifies in people's minds that like these two are, you know, controlling the game together is when is like this period right after HOH when you strategize about the noms, especially if it now seems like Enzo is already set with a plan, like uh, he already knows what he wants to do, um, which Enzo is probably smart enough to not give give off. But uh, just overall, I feel like uh, this is this is one of those things where just like no, no need to like make it seem like you're a, you're a pair here. Yeah, I mean, as much as people might think they're already working together, I think the right move is to not do that. Obviously, I'm of the mind of the bookend assumption, which is the first person you see them talking to and the last person you see them talking to, those are people that they value that information. They value that um, opinion way more than others. So, had, and like, it's very clear, given how Enzo's persona is, he wants to not be bombarded tonight. This is not the night for him to talk. He just wants to chill out. It's been a long day, whatever. So him talking to Cody and like Cody's like one of like two, three people he talks to, at this night is not going to be a good sign. I think Cody knowing he's, you know, we're a final two, we're a right hand man type of situation. He doesn't need that conversation right now. Like he's safe. So just let it be whatever it is. And then tomorrow morning, get the debrief. Or like you said, if it's a walk past, you know, whisper situation of, Hey, quickly, this is, the, we're going to put up case on a pond. If someone case comes down, Ian goes, it's like, okay, calm, whatever. And then you walk away. This is too much. You're doing too much when, you're safe and you don't need to. Especially because there's already plenty of heat on Tyler. And I think that if Cody and Enzo aren't careful, you know, Enzo now winning a third competition, Cody being up there with him, people might start to go, ah, look at this duo over here. Tyler's maybe not as dangerous. Uh, maybe it's not Tyler and Cody. Maybe it's Cody and Enzo, which it kind of is when they, they don't want that to be known. Um, but uh, just just a little nitpick there. Um, <laughs> Memphis is going to talk with Kaser, um, and Memphis is like, all right, all right, this is what we got to do. Um, and Memphis is like, I don't know if he's genuinely scared. I don't think so, but he's acting like he might end up on the block this week. And this is like the most amount of like, uh, 
acting that I've seen Memphis do if he's not actually worried. But he says that uh, you should try to get David on the block, um, even if it's like next to you or next to me. Uh, if we can get David on the block, I think we can convince them to vote David out because he's been pissing everyone off. And uh, and what we should pitch or what we should try to like insinuate is like we don't want this guy in the jury. Uh, you don't want this guy you know, voting emotionally, not voting for the right person in the jury. Um, and then like also like we got to hang out with him in the jury for all the time. Like nobody wants to do that. So let's try and get David up there and uh, and out this week. And here's the thing. I feel like I'm open to this in the sense that I think that there's some level of I can believe this to be a scenario that would work out for Kaser is if David's sitting next to me. If there's a pawn, if there's a pawn that has to sit next to Kaser and like Ian's a backdoor target and then the noms stay the same, I could see David both be eventually chosen of like, let's just get rid of him. Or I could see David dig himself a hole because now he's proved that he's capable of doing that. So this is not bad advice from Memphis, which then leads me to believe, I know he's acting the whole like, I don't think he really thinks he's going to go up on the block, but I think that I think a part of him wants to keep Kaser around at this point. Am I reading that wrong? I, I think you're reading it right. Absolutely right. I think that uh, Memphis would like to keep Kaser. Um, I think he'd like to keep Kaser for a while, to be honest. I think that he'd like to keep him in his back pocket. Um and focus on taking out some other people, especially David, who's coming after Memphis. It makes a lot of sense for him to want to go after him. Um, so I, I think that uh, he will be working this angle for sure. And so will Christmas, because Christmas also feels good about Kaser. Um, Christmas is going to talk to Enzo after the HOH room reveal. And he says, uh, hey, hey, I really like you, yo. I want to work with you. Uh, and she's like, yes. And she like high fives him because she's Christmas. Uh, and uh, he says, I know, I know you're loyal. Uh, yo, and, and uh, you know when to talk and when not to talk, you, you know, uh, and that's, and that's it. You know, you, you're here to compete. Uh, and that's, that's your, you're everything I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, you got nothing to worry about this week. So you, you do your thing. I'll, you protect me. I'll protect you. Yo. Um, so there, that's, <laughs> This is, Taryn, this is, I believe, love at first parachute for Enzo. This is the first time I think Enzo's ever been like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I have someone who can be my person outside of my main alliance. And he thinks it's Christmas. I think he's fully convinced it's her. Yeah. And it's kind of, I like this, I like this pairing, dare I say. It's a, it's a fun pairing. But I do think that he completely thinks that Christmas is one of his chess pieces now. It's and it's very funny watching him try to work a parachute because he's very obvious about it. Um, and unfortunately for him, uh, Christmas has already been taken. Um, he just doesn't know it yet. Um, but uh, but they're they're happy with this. They talk about uh, they, they talk about like meeting up after the game. Um, and uh, Enzo brings up the rogue votes, and Christmas is like, "Well, I do know that Bay and, and Janelle were really close." Um, Enzo asks how she feels about Ian. She says, uh, "You know." He he. I mean, he played with somebody that was really good, but don't underestimate like his ability in competitions. Right? He'll win these quiz comps, um, and and in the uh, the endurance comps, like a wall, like he could win those too. And Enzo's like, yeah, exactly, yo, exactly. Can't underestimate this kid. Um, so uh, Christmas talks about Danny being sketchy. Enzo agrees, um, and Christmas says she has a good rapport with Kaser. And she feels like she can get in his ear. But Enzo says, eh, but if everyone's telling me to put him up, yo, like, what am I supposed to do? Um, and she's like, I don't know. Is everyone going to tell you to put him up? He's like, if, if like Tyler and Cody, the beasts, if they're in my ears, like, uh, you got to put a caser up. What am I supposed to do? She's like, well, maybe they won't say that. Like Christmas wants to save caser as well. Um, Christmas is on board with that idea. Uh, Bailey and Devon are also like they wouldn't mind Kaser being saved, especially for Bailey if David is the other option. Um, but uh, so there are a lot of people in the house that actually wouldn't mind Kaser staying, um, which who knows? Not mad at it, Taryn. I am not mad at it, and like not for my own personal reasons, but I think for some of their games, it makes complete sense to keep them. I think that this is why I'm saying I'm impressed with Christmas. I do think that Christmas might have been 
might have put in the best amount of work with Kaser outside of Bailey. And Bailey's work kind of comes in a little bit embedded with the Janelle connection. She gets Kaser as like a remnant. But I think that Christmas has done the most organic in-house work with him. And I do think that this is someone that would benefit her having. And I do think that she would have sway with him. I, I do think so. I do think that, you know, you've got another athletic blonde who's going to be Kaser's partner. I, I could see the fit here. I mean, it's like a it's like a Lego piece that's a little bit got like a different corner, but the rest of the piece kind of looks like ish the same. Like it could work you if you have to makeshift it. I do think this is a this is the right choice for her to try and get Enzo to do this. And I think Enzo's talked about how he's cool with Bailey. So if Bailey talks to him and Christmas talks to him and then Kaser has a good conversation with him, we could see the tides change. But this is all being said, knowing fully that his loyalties live and die with Cody over anyone else. So if Cody digs his heels, Kaser's at least touching the block, regardless of what happens here. Mm hmm. Uh, I like this idea of Danny trying to replace Janelle as, as queen of Big Brother. Uh, but in reality, uh, Christmas ends up replacing Janelle with Kaser. Yeah. And then <laughs> that's imagine how, if, that's, if, she, if she wins, if she wins and then she gets rid of Danny. And now is she like the complete queen? Is she like dethroned the queen that dethroned the queen? Like, what are we what kind of usurping levels are we talking? I, you know, uh, Christmas Baratheon has come in. <laughs> uh, she's she's got her her mage uh, in Enzo, um, who's the the red the red. What, what do they call it? I forget now. Um, but uh, all right, that's enough of that. Um, it's, been a minute. it's been a minute since. <laughs> yeah, Danny and Kaser talk. Uh, they talk about David being erratic. And uh, Danny says that David being up next to him on the block would be good for him. Um, and and Kaser brings up the point. Yeah, well, I mean, who, who would want David to be in jury? Danny's like, that's a good point, Kaser. Um, Cody's going to talk with Ian. Um, he fills him in on some of the David stuff. Uh, Ian says, all right, well, you know, I, I look out for Nicole. Um, and Nicole was nervous about David potentially winning uh, the, this, this, uh, the HOH competition. Apparently, David actually did come kind of close. Um, and so, like, I wouldn't mind taking him out if, if Nicole is nervous about him. Um, Cody says, though, he wants Kaser out. Uh, and, and honestly, the only reason he's dead set on Kaser is that they can't risk him and Janelle pairing back up if someone comes back. Um, and that is true. That's the only reason, really, that uh, that anybody really cares to see Kaser leave is that they're worried about a potential buyback, uh, which is uh, kind of annoying. Yes, yes. But especially... When it's looking like there's no buyback on the horizon, at least for this first quarter, we know that everything's not like that's not the case. So it, it's very I don't like it. I wish that they would, you know, confirm, hey, it's not happening. But also, you know, then that kind of you're kind of tampering with the with the dynamics of the game that you've decided are going to be the dynamics of the game. So given that I believe the two of us are of the uh, mind of they're not going to rig anything party. Um, so I think that they, they're not going to do it. They shouldn't do that, whatever. But I think that ultimately Cody is so snowed in by this. But I would like to point out that Cody is not that keen on Ian either. Cody is definitely, you know, he's seen the link with Nicole. He's seen how Nicole has a big parachute in Ian that will do whatever she wants. And I think Cody feels not intimidated by that, but he feels like he's he could be replaced or he could be the subject of an Ian knockout because Nicole doesn't want to take the shot herself. I, that's my read on it. I, I do think that the more and more Ian talks like this with Cody, the more and more he's going to move up that list for Cody as well. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, people are wondering, I did in fact talk with Janelle this morning with, uh, with Rob, um, and uh, she, she's not coming back. It's not happening. Um, so look out for that later today. <laughs> Interview with Janelle. It was a fun one. Um, so, uh, so yes, Cody is is worried about Ian. He's worried about the fact that Ian um, is is loyal strictly to Nicole. Um, and Ian makes that clear. He, Ian says, uh, Cody asks Ian, like, who do you want 
out this week? Like, what's your plan? And Ian basically says, I don't really want to ruffle any feathers this week. So I'll, I'll go with what everyone else wants. Um, if I win next week, I might go for David since he's being so erratic and Nicole seems nervous about him. Nicole also seems nervous about Bailey. So that's another option. Um, Kaser told me that Bailey wouldn't put me up, but uh, you know, like Nicole is nervous about her. So, um, so that's sort of where Ian's head is at. Uh, and, and, and Cody feels like he's having to like dig to get this out, um, which, uh, which Cody does not like. No, no. I mean, I, it's, it's not, it's not great when, this is someone who you're supposed to have good rapport with. They only refer to moves they want to make by bringing up one of your alliance members and not really taking your opinion in. And you having to pull this information out isn't going to make you feel safe about this at all. If anything, he's realizing more and more now that Ian is an extension of people that I'm working with through Nicole. And was if Nicole decides not to be with me or if Nicole decides some other thing, Ian's going to jump and do that as well. So I have zero control here. All I have is a vote with me for the moment. That's it. Yes. So uh, Cody's going to talk with Nicole and Danny. Um, they talk a little bit about Ian and how he's like, I feel like Ian's you know holding back from me. Um, they talk about uh, the fact that apparently during the competition, um, Devon was cheering very hard for Kaser specifically to win the competition. And they're like, what the hell? <laughs> what is she doing? She obviously wanted him to win. She knows he's coming for us. Like, what is she doing? This is also, might I add, this is not the first time in the night where someone was mad about the cheering. Enzo has also been very annoyed with the cheering that was done during the competition and the fakeness. He's He doesn't like flip-floppers. He doesn't like fakeness. And to him... It, it was a lot of just cosmetic cheering, and he's not about that. And Dave, Davon went to Kaser. She said, like, "I was cheering for you, man." <laughs> like, um, Bailey walks in on them talking at some point, and like, uh, like I guess like gets a weird vibe, and she leaves, and she's like. I'll leave you guys to your canoodling. Um, and uh, they're like, "Wow." Uh, all right jeez it's it's the choice of words and the way it's said right so taryn if you were on this call with someone else and i'm like well i'm gonna i'm gonna leave this flirt man it's like oh, you don't need me here you'll be like well, what what is wrong with you like we're just having a conversation you can be a part of this combo so it's like a little bit uh, like offensive to them and then a little bit of like well we were trying to you know fake that we're down for you to be here even though we really didn't want you to be here but we're offended that you didn't buy what we were selling. So forget you. I think that's really what it comes down to. It's, it's exactly what I was saying yesterday on yesterday's update. When, uh, when Bailey and Devon were talking about how they're they're they don't fully trust this Cody, Danny and Nicole sort of like trio. They think that they're kind of like closer together and that they're, you know, all of that, like Cody likes Nicole too much. Um, and I was like, I like that they should be nervous about this, but I would rather they blindly trust them and not give away that they're skeptical than be a little bit skeptical and give away that they're skeptical because I don't trust that they'll be able to not give it away. And this is exactly what I meant when I said that when Bailey comes in and just making that little comment, it gives so much away about like what's on her mind. Um, and they see it. They, it's very, they see it and they're very concerned about it. Danny is already now thinking that she wants Bailey gone. Um, because of that, uh, moments cody says yeah last night she was talking about uh nicole and why are we caring about nicole's feelings um she seemed very anti-nicole uh and nicole was like ah i knew it i was right i knew she didn't like me um and uh you know it's just it's not great no it's not and i think that it's it's like equal parts self-fulfilling prophecy and i know what i need to do but i can't help myself like, I think she fully knows I'm pretty she's fully aware that I need to not give anything away. But in moments like this, it's frustrating because it's this is all every time she walks in and see this, she sees this like combination of people. It's confirmation of what she knows. I'm not I'm on the outer of this. I'm not a part of this. It's frustrating. Oh, my God. Again, in this room, again, in another room. Like, it's hard to keep that in. But it's it's 
so crucial, especially in sensitive weeks like this where things can flip on a dime. You don't want to be the person it flips onto. So it's it's poor play, but also I feel like she couldn't help herself. And that and that's that's like that's the problem. Like I feel like Davon and Bailey are like uh like I love them together as personalities, but their games just do they don't mesh well at all um like bailey is such a social player um who sometimes like finds it hard to like hide her feelings davon is like is like never hides her feelings but davon is all about the investigation um and so like with davon always wanting to figure things out uh and then like instill some doubt into bailey now bailey is having a hard time keeping like the smile up keeping like the facade up that she still trusts them. Um, and, and they both kind of end up spiraling down. Um, so it's, uh, it's rough now, again, it's a good outcome for them. They're going to survive this week probably. So they've got some time. Um, but it feels like we're saying that every week at this point, like, uh, like they've, they've got, Oh man. Okay. We got, they got a little more time and then they do some good things with it. And then it kind of walks itself backwards again. Um, so, We'll see. We'll see. Uh, luckily, you know, Tyler's playing in the next HOH uh, and, you know, uh, that that he, he's he's not coming for them, even like Cody's still not coming for them specifically. Um, but uh, but they're still in some trouble with a lot of these other people, especially all of Nicole's people. Um, they should really hope that Ian goes this week. So uh, Danny is also going to talk with Nicole a little bit later. Um, and she is talking to Nicole about how Memphis is actually on her radar now that, uh, you know, once they hit jury, they're going to have to start looking at these, these comp beasts and, um, and she's looking at Memphis as the person that she wants to take the first shot at, which is kind of new news, uh, that she's been talking a lot about Tyler, but over the last few days in particular, she's mentioned to Cody that she thinks Tyler really trusts her. Tyler has put in some really good work with Danny. He, when he became HOH, he went to her specifically because she's the one he's most worried about. And he said, Hey, us three, you, me and Cody, we need to, we need to move as one because a lot of these people are double dipping. And he spent a lot of time trying to convince her that he trusts her. By the end of the week, Danny says to Cody, Tyler really trusts me. And now her, his name is not on her lips as much anymore. Now she's talking about Memphis as the person that she wants to go after. And she still prefers Cody over Tyler. She says eventually Cody and Tyler will go up after Memphis goes and we'll get rid of Cody then, or get, get rid of Tyler then. But, um, but Tyler, I think, has moved up on her list of uh, priorities to, to keep in the game. And uh, she has moved down on the list of priorities of a lot of people to keep in the game. So uh, kudos to Tyler for uh, for helping, you know, calm that fire. It doesn't matter what situation Tyler finds himself in. I think, if anything, this last week was evident that he's able to out social anybody and outmaneuver anybody. And I think that using the time he had last week with his safety to not only get some, like strengthen some bonds that he had, but then also fix some of the bonds that were getting strained because of David. Like he ultimately did a lot of work to make sure that his name is not in a bad place. And to be honest, once she goes after Memphis, let's say that happens and we play that out. I do think there is a chance that he's able to convince her again to not go after him. And, you know, sell the hey cody and nicole are more of a thing we need to stick together i could definitely see that being a thing that happens as well well that's if she makes it that far at this point yeah exactly if she this is all like if everything she's saying works out and they they get to that position and i think it's just more strength to tyler has the ability to get this kind of stuff done with almost no effort but with a lot of work yeah um danny also talks about yeah we were just talking about this last night because the ian edit last night danny is like uh, i'm sick of ian acting dumb um like uh like acting like he's not a really good player in this game like i was telling him like ian you're one of the best winners of all time why are you playing the game like this you're playing like you don't know what you're doing um and i was like okay i guess maybe there's a little like Ian does talk about how smart he is all the time, but people look at his game and they're thinking that he's downplaying it. Nicole says, I don't know 
if he's downplaying his like game so much. Uh, I mean, I think that I'm controlling him right now, but I do think he'll stab me in the back eventually. Um, I think what's happening perhaps with Danny is that uh, she has maybe fallen into the same trap that a lot of the audience did in the preseason when they rated Ian's game very, very highly. And now that the season's actually happening, it's they're like, oh, Maybe we remembered that wrong. Um, and she thinks that he's doing that on purpose. But uh, in reality, like he he really is like every every you know time he talks about who's targeting. It's like, uh, well, Nicole said this. So um, but uh, but Danny's not a fan of it. And Nicole, while she does think that she has Ian on lock right now, does not trust him in the long term. So she uh, she's like, yeah, we'll keep him around, though, for now. But yeah, eventually he's going to stab me in the back. Yeah, like he does. So outside of his whole like game persona that he's trying to have people be like, see is, oh, I'm Nicole Simp. I just do whatever Nicole wants me to do. And that's it. That's the fact of the matter. Um, He also has moments that Danny pointed out. So um, it was one of the things where he brought up. He's like, oh, yeah, the HOH room last year looked like this. And he had been telling people that he hasn't really been watching the show. So then when Danny called him out on that, he was like, oh, um, I just saw it in a photo. Like I didn't really watch it because like, his whole thing is I haven't watched the season. So it's stuff like that that Danny's also glomming onto, which is like she feels like there's more than meets the eye with Ian. There's more information there than Ian is letting out. And I do think that if she, you know, has listened to Ian talk about stuff on podcasts or watched Ian play, Ian's MO is usually let me not do anything the first couple of weeks. Let me survive because that he knows. I think Ian knows that's his hardest time for Ian is that early going when he needs to make the social bonds because he does come off awkward to start. And then after that, his true colors will show. But I do think that because like you guys talked about it yesterday on the on the podcast, and I feel like he's not really playing stupid because he is boasting about the, hey, I'm, I'm the smartest guy here. He is clowning people in games and stuff. But then also the, the pers- game persona he currently has as like Nicole's henchman makes him seem like he's putting on more of a dumb front than he is. Yeah, but then he talks to other people like he's running the game. <laughs> like he talks to Kevin like, uh, oh, Kevin, you poor thing. I mean, hey, your spot isn't that bad. You know, you might have nobody unlike me. Um, and, you know, when I played my first game, I was like I was completely blindfolded. I had no idea what I was doing this season. Uh, I feel much better. Um, and you're in you're in that spot. You're in the Dan spot. Hey, it's not that bad for you. You know, you can still bounce back. Uh, and he's kind of like walking around the house like he's like, uh, like, yeah, I got th- I got this on, on lock. Um, and, and and he doesn't either. Unfortunately, like he could have been out week two and he could be out week four. Um, and I think he will continue to almost be out uh, like week after week uh, until he starts, you know, winning competitions or something. Right. Like yeah. um, I, I do not love this strategy. Like if he knows that the early portion of the game is his weak spot, then he should be playing harder. In my opinion, he should be making more connections and uh, getting uh, more people to think that he's valuable because if the only person like he's making it clear to everyone that he's only valuable to Nicole. And that means that like, like, and this is the problem with the strategy, unless Nicole is Dan Giesling and can protect you, Mm -hmm. you're gone. People are going to want you out because you're close to Nicole. Uh, And Nicole is not Dan Giesling. Yeah, no, she isn't. And, and that's the thing is that I think his whole, I think the fact that he's one of two returning winners has put him in this position of paranoia where he's like, I can't do too much. I've already proven I've won once, right? So I can't do that. And then he's kind of just anchored himself to Nicole. Like, Nicole will get me there to the promised land. Nicole will, like, lead me past where I need to go. But then also, just quickly to the point of, like, I do think he does put on a front with somebody, like, specifically the Kevin thing you mentioned. It's like Ian's holding a C-grade report card. And he's dunking on the kid that's getting Fs. He's like, yeah, man, you don't know what you're doing. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm so good at this class. But then <laughs> when he's around the A students, he's like, mm, I need a tutor. Like, I don't really know what's going on. I'm, 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 I, I definitely need your help. So he's like in that middle. But then he's like flexing to the people that he thinks he can get away with it. But then to the people that he knows he has no control with. He's like, oh, I'm just Nicole's henchman. I don't know what's going on. Which, like, I think it should be reversed. 
Yeah. Right. Um, I think you should do the opposite of that with each each play. Uh, but uh, what what are you gonna do? Um, so that's that's basically what we had for the night, uh, Puya. Unless you had anything else that you wanted to bring up. Um, no, I, I again, I do like so this season to just speak broadly for a hot second. I always knew coming into this, my faves are gonna take out my faves. I'm gonna have people I like on this side. I'm gonna have people I like on the. I like Enzo. I've been someone who's been very much enjoying the Enzo journey. And like now he's won the thing. He might go after Kaser. He might take out Ian. Heartbreak, heartbreak either way. Um, but if I would put you on to a clip to watch, watch Enzo in his HOH room once everyone leaves. Okay, so everyone leaves. Christmas leaves his room. He's going to go shut down the lights. He's like, they're all flip-floppers. F all of them. I don't care. doesn't matter. It's a good, good clip. If I can pull up the clip while we're doing plugs, I'll put it in the chat for you so you can see it. That's how much I believe in this clip. It's just we're in we're poised for a fun week, gang. I know it looks a little bit bleak with the with the potential Kaser exit, but as one of Kaser's number one fans, I will tell you that there's some promise still here. There's some hope here. We gotta just keep it alive. Yes. Um so that's that's kind of what we have. I, I I did get the sense from Enzo that I don't think he would mind if Kaser stayed. I think I think Cody wants Kaser out more than Enzo does. And yeah. Enzo likes to do whatever he wants. And uh, I think he wouldn't mind Kaser leaving. I think he also wouldn't mind making a bigger move. I think he would love to backdoor Ian. We know this doesn't want a winner i don't want no champ winning our season yo uh i think he wants to make a big move i think he wants to weaken nicole um and i really feel like this is what he wants to do when he talks to christmas he says well if everyone's telling me to do this i've got to but how do you feel about ian um and when he's talking to cody he even he mentions ian and he also mentions kevin as like well kevin could also go um like i think he feels like he has to put up caser because it would be weird if he didn't but he really is open to another solution and there are a lot of other people in the house that want another solution so i do not think that this week is set in stone i think ian is in a lot of danger i think kevin and david are both in some danger and uh of course caser is still in probably the most danger but uh but it could go it could go a different a few different ways the hope is you know enzo is also known as dwight squall a rapper and if he channels one of his inspirations, Eminem, and he goes to Eight Mile, he goes to Lose Yourself, and he realizes, you know, opportunity comes once in a lifetime. I've never won an HOH. This is my one shot. Maybe I get out the person I want the most, regardless of what other people might be saying. Maybe we get to see a case for safety here. But also, and Taryn, I would hope, I would hope when we talk next week, it's not with a case or removed from the house. Let's let's just hope our boy if our boy gets one comp win, let it be this veto just to ease my mind. Let it just be here right here right now. That would be great. I'll take it. He's just got he's just got two more two more evictions and he's there and he's made jury for the first time. That's all it's all we're asking for. Right. Booyah? That's all we've wanted. That's all I want. I mean, the fact is, I've gotten a month of him. I didn't think I was going to get that. So I'm happy with that. But ultimately, it's jury that I want. It's I want him to at least have made jury once so that, you know, not to say that he's not he's never like, I don't think he's ever going to be in like an upper echelon of players. I don't think his persona is going to like perception is going to change at all. Let's just have his record look a little nicer. Just a little bit. A little bit. Just, that's all I want. I mean, how great how great of a juror would Kaser be? He'd be so good. He'd be like, uh, guys, you don't understand that the that they they formed this alliance and it was super good. Um, And uh, he'd be very fair uh, and it would be it would be great. And we we wouldn't have to say that Kaser has been evicted four times and never made jury. And that's that's the the, I don't want those words out of my mouth and they will happen if it happens. I hope not. And if I'm thinking about it, it's like, okay, who's the direct queer? You want Kaser on the jury? Who would you take out? I think I would take out the person who would like to decide whose credit is better or worse. I think that's (laughs) personally, I'm not a fan of the audits that go on in the house. So I think Taryn, if we can get everyone to light their candles up this over this weekend, maybe we see a case or veto. 
We get one step closer to that jury dream for him. Gotta make it happen. All right. That's what we have for you today. You can find me on Twitter at Armstrong Taren or on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Taren Armstrong. I will be back tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Eastern to update you on everything that happens today on the Big Brother 22 live feeds. And tomorrow night, we will have a Saturday night roundtable where we'll talk about the Legacy Watch and see what happened to Janelle's stature in the in the in the uh, history and the legacy in the pantheon of Big Brother. See what happened to her after she was evicted and see where everyone else is falling uh, with their reputations. Um, And uh, of course, keep an ear out for the Janelle exit interview that we did uh, this morning. I'm sure that will be up soon today at some point. I'll tweet it out when it is so you can find it there. Puya. What are you up to? Uh, well, people can find me on all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, Puyaism on all of them. Um, I've got the 90 Day Fiance Rahapa podcast back up again this week. We talked about the latest episodes of Happily Ever After and the other way. And other than that, Taryn, of course, consuming feeds. That's all I'll be doing this weekend. I'll be back here in the chat tomorrow for Liana Saturday. I'll be back in the chat for Sunday. I'm just here to consume all the things, especially if this is the swan song week. I'm going to consume all all of it so you can catch me on twitter give my opinions there you go uh okay thank you guys so much for joining us see you next time